Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk. I am Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA 93.7 FM. The web, the app, rockoftalk.com. 550-5500. That's 550-5500. D-Dowd must go to my left. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, sir. I'm just sort of took the break to uh, focus a little bit on uh, Senator Murkowski's rather... um, Bizarre political career. There's, there's, there's a lot here. <laughs> she is a bizarre woman. And, uh, did not uh, endorse the Republican nominee in 2016 for president. Funny, um, funny that. The election was usual, unusual in Alaska that year because the Libertarian Party nominee uh, for the Senate seat endorsed Donald Trump, and he was running against Lisa Murkowski, a Republican incumbent, who did not endorse her party's nominee, Donald well, Trump. Well, <laughs> I think that's also suspect as well. Uh, he may have been doing that uh, to get some... You know, uh, the Trump bump, uh, if you will, that was uh, coming with that. But, you know, politics is strange. We will talk about never Trumpers during this hour number two. First hour, we discussed Biden and the Democrats, their response, and Trump and the Republicans' response to the death of RBG. And I got a nice uh, call from a friend, quote-unquote friend, or, or, I don't know, acquaintance of of, uh, Lisa Murkowski. And so let's talk about where we're at with Joe Biden. Joe Biden uh, went right to the, the front, and he's not going to be there for long, folks. He really is not. Uh, he is lacking in many places, mentally, physically. He doesn't have the endurance. I think he's in Ohio today. I think uh, they've got Pence following him around. Uh, he is, you know, I think Trump has had somewhere between sixty to 70,000 people at his rallies, I think. Biden's maybe had a hundred people total at the same. <laughs> Provided exact you stand rallies. in the circle, you got to stand but in the you're, circle. But you're not you're not catching any of that. He spoke at the National Constitution Center in Philadelphia on Sunday. He implored Republicans to ignore the Constitution when it comes to filling Supreme Court vacancies and listen to Democrats instead. Yes, that's what we're going to do because we're just going to abdicate all our power and just give it all to you because you Democrats are just so darn nice. He says, and listen to the guilt trip. Joe Biden could make anybody feel bad because he is such a uh, uh, disgusting swamp creature. Uh, speaking of those Republicans out there, Senate Republicans, who know deep down what is right for our country and consistent with the Constitution as I stand here in the Constitution Center. You are not behind the Constitution. The president has every right, and you would do so if you were in his position. Heck yes. You might remember in 2016 that there was this thing called the Biden Rule. The Constitution calls on the Senate to vote on a president's Supreme Court nominee, even during election year. Oh, no, no, we've never heard of that before. Biden doesn't even know what that is. Biden rules. He thinks that that's something that his wife, Jill, has asked him to do. (laughs) Well, what do you do? You always take off your shoes when you come into the House. (laughs) The Trump campaign demanded that Biden release his list of Supreme Court nominees. I don't even think at this point they should acknowledge him. He next said that the Supreme Court doesn't meet again before November election. But the course next session starts October 5th. Uh, that's so my he favorite. Has no idea. He has no idea when the court meets. Yeah. There was literally a CBS television show with James Garner called First Monday, named after the first Monday in October when the Supreme Court meets. Uh, it didn't last very long, a couple of years ago. Um, no one in politics and government does not know that the U.S. Supreme Court meets the first Monday in October. Can you imagine being someplace for 47 years, Dowd, and not knowing how the workings are going on, or just forget conveniently? One or the other. Either is disturbing, yes. yes. Can you imagine taking 7,000 trips between your home in Delaware, back to Washington, D.C., and being ultimately and intimately familiar with what's going on in Washington, D.C., but not realize that, as you just stated, the first Monday? Chairman of the Judiciary Committee, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. So there are thoughts <laughs> many here. Years, there many are years. thoughts that we might entertain this 
idea of delaying. And let's try to, I don't know, add some sort of reason here, as a writer attempted to do. Somebody who actually interviewed Donald Trump, which I thought was very interesting. He said, because Donald Trump's a newcomer to the judicial wars, he once recalled to him the astonishment upon realizing how voters, religious conservatives in particular, prioritize judges above all else when casting their ballots. Roe v. Wade. Trump said, apparently, I had no idea how important Supreme Court judges were to the voter. No idea, he said. He recalled that his numbers lagged with certain Republicans after securing the GOP nomination. Yet I was, getting, getting, I was getting really hurt, Trump said, because they were afraid I was going to pick liberal judges. Well, he waited. He waited. Then he started going after and putting some of that information out there. Exit polling revealed that Supreme Court appointments were the most important factor yep. for 21% of the electorate. Trump won 56% of those voters for Hillary Clinton's only 41%. How many times in 2016 have you, did you hear I heard from people, well, I don't like this about him, I don't like this about him, but that list of judges, I mean, that secured a lot of votes for Donald Trump, people on the right who were kind of wavering. Maybe they didn't like the personality or whatever, but it was a brilliant, it was a, it was a brilliant tactic for him to release that list. It helped him enormously. But Biden didn't seem to learn from history. He did not release his list. Uh, that gave uh, several excuses, as we've already mentioned. One, he doesn't want to put people under the political uh, heat. doesn't want them to be subject to political attacks. Now, another thing, 26% of all the people who supported Trump called Supreme Court nominees the most important factor in their decision. Only 18% of Clinton supported said the very same. A total of 6.6 million votes were cast in Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin for Trump. Three states that delivered all for Trump wasn't just the union. Apparently, it was also, I didn't know this, insight into how he was going to go ahead and point. And the difference in all those three states, by the way, 77,744 votes. That, my friends, is incredible. But having been reminded many times over the past 45 months that a Supreme Court gambit won him the trust of those social conservatives, Roe v. Wade, which gave him the re-election, or the election, excuse me, in 2016, he realized that this is the moment of maximum leverage, but he doesn't want to bother using it. Maybe he automatically produces more of the goods, according to the writer, keeping his most important customers satisfied, believing it's one more accomplishment to appoint to if he decides to wait. So he finishes off by saying, why would the majority leader go along with it? With Trump deciding to delay a vote? Because under the worst case scenario, Trump delays a nomination, Loses to Joe Biden, McConnell's leverage will only increase after November 3rd. The Republicans most hesitant to confirm a new justice before Election Day might feel liberated to do that just in the days following, either because they're secured another term or because they've become lame ducks. But if Trump loses and Democrats are preparing to assume total control of the government, McConnell won't have a hard time selling his inhibited colleagues on the necessity of bolstering the judiciary as a bulwark for conservatism, regardless of who controls the executive. He says, and puts a timeline, 107 days. Other people think it's 46 days. Either way, as I suggest, the Republicans, along with Trump, need to suggest, nominate, and pass their nominee. Now, yesterday on CNN, Bob Woodward started doing everything he possibly could. He's, they're throwing spaghetti at the wall at this point. He's going and he's correcting things. And you know Trump has a tendency to go ahead and start talking about his place in history already. 
which is kind of interesting for a president who's only been there three and a half years. But he's earned it, no doubt about it. There's no president, I think, who uh, will be more well-known besides George Washington and Abraham Lincoln and Ronald Reagan than Donald Trump. I think that's pretty easy to say. So Anderson Cooper was there with Bob Woodward, and Bob Woodward's whipping out all of the audio from his interviews since last December on how he feels about the Supreme Court. Trump said, I signed my 187th federal judge. It's a record, 187 judges in less than three years. And two Supreme Court judges never been done before. The only one that has a better percentage is George Washington because he appointed 100%. Well, all Woodward does is correct him, correct him, correct him. Trump goes on to say, you know what Mitch's biggest thing in the whole world is? Judges. If I have 10 ambassadors and a judge can take, a, uh, take long to get approved, you know, which I guess is probably right, he will absolutely ask me, please, let's get the judge approved instead of the 10 ambassadors. Now remember, Mitch McConnell's been in control of the Senate longer than Donald Trump has been in office. He's been in Washington for the last 35 years, since 1985. If anybody understands the power in Washington, D.C., it's one Mitch McConnell. He truly understands how the axis of power happens in Washington, D.C. Even the Republican judges, and I did notice that John Roberts must be on the manifest for Jeffrey Epstein, by the way, on a flight from Palm Beach to Teterboro. Very interesting. It says John Roberts right there. Hmm. But Bob Woodward likes Chief Justice John Roberts, saying that he's the one who's maintaining the balance to uphold the entity of the Supreme Court above politics. That is more telling than anything. I'd like to think that because John Roberts was nominated and pushed forth by George Bush, that he's a Republican, that he's a conservative. But if you go back and you look at his judgments, it's not 5-3, folks. It's 4-4 with John Roberts right there. This is even more reason to not hold back and to push forth a nomination and why we need it. Because it's our very Constitution that is at stake, and the Democrats will completely and totally annihilate it if Donald Trump doesn't do the right thing and make that nomination this week. 550-5500, that's 550-5500, that's truth for you. You need to understand that power, and I know that Mitch McConnell does. Imagine the unbelievable gift that Mitch McConnell felt like he was given when RBG passed. Not that he was hoping for it, but it was the one thing that would truly make, and I'm, I'm sure you've all seen that viral video of the liberal freaking out in her car. It is that bad for them. No doubt about it. Well, we got to just finish it off. When we return, we'll talk about the Supreme Court of the United States and the Constitution. We'll also talk about why the Democrats want Joe Biden gone and President Kamala Harris. That is the reason. We're going to have to come fighting and uh, RBG far more, uh, dare I say, matters a heck of a lot more than Joe Biden. And this death proves it. 515 back and forth.